When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from Liverpool, The Dark Paranormal, Season 9. Hi everyone, it feels amazing to finally say the words, Welcome back to The Dark Paranormal, Season 9. I know it's only been a few weeks since the Halloween special, but when you're used to doing this regularly each and every week, you really feel that void. I hope you had a fantastic time during Halloween, and thank you for all the feedback regarding the specials. They certainly do seem to have made an impact amongst some of you. But for us here on The Dark Paranormal, and indeed for you wonderful listeners, it's Halloween every day. We simply love the paranormal. More specifically, we love true listener paranormal stories. And that's exactly what you will get here on The Dark Paranormal. For anyone new to the show, as the name suggests, we tend to not delve into the lighter side of the paranormal. We focus on the stories which keep you up at night. Don't get me wrong, stories about returning pets showing that they're still looking over their master are well and good but they won't be found here. So maybe if that's your thing, you may need another podcast. This podcast should have you questioning every noise that you hear in the night and should have you checking under the bed before you go to sleep. This show exists to prove that there's a reason why you should be afraid of the dark. Why you should maybe quickly run up the stairs when you turn off the lights at night. The listener true paranormal experiences that you will hear should keep you awake at night, playing them over and over in your head. And believe me, as the host of the show, they certainly do for me. One thing I will guarantee you is the stories that we've collated for Season 9 are some of the most terrifying tales that we've received to date. You can still send your true paranormal experience on to thedarkparanormal at hotmail.com because although I've collated the 10 episodes for this season, the show works very much like a game of terrifying top trumps. If I receive something that I think should take the place of another story, then it will. And that's exactly where we're going to start Season 9. Because today's true paranormal experience only came in over the last month. And as you can imagine, or you may be surprised to hear, there is a format behind how we produce the show. We try and build up the fear factor as we go throughout the season, saving our most terrifying and bone-chilling stories towards the finale. However, for season 9, 
Each and every one of these stories could in itself be a finale. Such is the chill I've had after reading them. And therefore, when I received today's episode, I immediately knew it was going to take the place of another story, simply because it gave me a bigger chill. And that's as simple as it works. Because at the very basis of all of this, I myself am a huge paranormal enthusiast. So if I hear a good paranormal tale, I immediately want to share it with you, the listeners of The Dark Paranormal. Today's season premiere focuses on that very interesting idea that a person, as opposed to a building, can be the thing that's haunted. But in cases such as this one, I genuinely believe haunted is too light a word. But before we start today's true paranormal experience, we need to of course thank our wonderful team members over at Patreon. When you sign up to Patreon, not only do you receive these episodes ad-free and before everyone else, you can also receive exclusive access to our Patreon-only podcast, Dark Bites. Dark Bites is a weekly paranormal podcast that runs every week, even on the downtime between seasons. And there are currently over 30 hours worth of unheard content for you to binge. We've built a wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over at Patreon, and we'd like to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. Just like these wonderful new team members have Eric Neff, Jonathan Reed, Samuel Correas, Angie Nollenberg, Lackey, T.I. Shippers, Beth Smith, Ruby Maroney, Chris Devereaux, Ryan Parker, Jim Rundle, Stella, Levi Morrison, Matthew Purrell, Jessica Moraz, Jamie S., Kyle Clark, Jesse, Brianna Marley, Rhea Benelli, Ashley Robertson, Natasha, Olivia Nance, Madison Johnson, Melissa Sandoval, E.S., Alla P., Jennifer, Melinda Lynn, Michaela McPherson, Jamie Kinney, Mary Harron, Henry Wolk, Cheaper Than Therapy, Hazel Marie, Mia Grubau, Dana Cara, Chris Cross, Summer Demello, Ala Panchenko, Danita Kelly, Sane, Phoebe Jane C, Elizabeth Salguero, Catherine Sturgill, Sasha Montana, Wayne Maisie, Renee, Shannon Robinson, John, Legacy Nitro, Bree, Kieran Cottrell, and the Mistress of Highgate. Wow, thank you so much for the support, guys. I truly hope you enjoy all the early released ad-free content and of course, all of the Patreon-only Dark Bite shows. So don't forget, if you'd like to become a team member, head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. But right now, for the first time this season, please, lower the lights, make yourself comfortable, and most importantly, leave your disbelief at the door, as we hear all about the stalking. Darkness. I've been listening to your podcast for quite a while now. I grew up experiencing many paranormal things, and I don't often talk about them for fear of judgment. I've been debating sending this in for quite a long time, but I finally decided to take a leap of faith and just do it. You'll notice that I don't use anyone's names. I wanted to give everyone involved anonymity, although feel free to share my first name. I love your podcast and I decided that if I were to trust anyone with my experiences, it would be you and this podcast. Thank you for what you do, and if you can't use this on your show, don't worry. It's just nice to finally get this off my chest. It's a universal feeling that everyone has experienced at least once in their life. That terrifying, bone-tingling, someone is chasing me feeling when you walk or run up a set of stairs. This is one of my earliest memories, but in my case, it wasn't just a feeling. Someone, or rather something, was chasing me. Let's back up for just a second. I was born in the early 90s. I lived with both of my parents and I had two brothers, one older, one younger. All of the paranormal events I'm about to explain to you happened between 93, which is my earliest memory, 
and 2011. Not only did these events take place over a long time span, they also happened in three different houses. Whatever paranormal entity that was making itself known to us seemingly had the ability to follow my family. More specifically, I believe it followed my dad. The first two houses, which I will refer to as the Manor House, House 1, and the Country House, House 2, were lived in by all five of us. My parents then separated and my dad moved into a third house, which I will refer to as the Carlton House. After my parents separated, all paranormal happenings in my mum's house stopped immediately. But in my dad's new home, the Carlton home, things began and then escalated. Now that we have some context, let's start at the beginning, back in the Manor House in 1993. The Manor House was a four-level backsplit. The top floor had my parents, my younger brother and my bedroom with a bathroom. The main floor consisted of a living room and the kitchen. The rec room had one large living area, my older brother's bedroom and a second bathroom. And the basement was one big, open, unfinished room with a storage closet. One of my earliest memories also happens to be a paranormal one. As previously stated, I do recall something chasing me up the stairs from the rec room to the main floor. The sense of terror and danger was overwhelming. I kept running past the main floor and up to my bedroom. At that time, I didn't have a closet door but rather a sheet hanging up instead. I ran into my bedroom, closed the bedroom door and climbed into the back of my closet, believing, as a child would, that the sheet would hide me. As I sat curled up shaking at the back of my closet, I heard my bedroom door open. Then I heard slow footsteps walking over towards the closet and then stop. I looked up at the sheet, hoping and praying it wouldn't even flutter, but I could see the silhouette of whatever this thing was standing just on the other side of the sheet. It knew where I was. I could see it. It was slowly reaching up to move the sheet, and then it moved the sheet across. Now, I have no idea what to call this thing. I've never heard of anything like it, or seen anything like it. This thing was huge. The top of its head was touching the top of the door frame, and it had antlers actual antlers it had brown hair that covered its whole body and the eyes were wholly black and its hand its hand had claws I know, I know it sounds like some made up mythological creature but there it stood in my bedroom and it just stared at me for what felt like a lifetime then it just dropped the sheet and left. It was the first and thankfully the last time that I saw that thing. Something that's always bothered me is that I can't remember what initially happened to make me start running up the stairs. I thought about that for most of my life and then one day I decided it's probably best that I never know. Paranormal happenings were almost a daily occurrence in the manor house. We felt lucky if we got a day or two without something happening. It wasn't always something incredibly obvious or in your face, like my first experience. A lot of the days it was that feeling you get when you know you're not alone, or that someone is watching you. In fact, I can remember as a child not wanting to have a bath and get dressed under my blankets because I was sure someone was watching me. 
As I mentioned, the manor house was a four-level backsplit. When you walked in the front door, straight ahead was the kitchen. The kitchen was long and straight, almost like a bowling alley. The kitchen table was at the end, so if you sat at the kitchen table, you were in a straight line to the front door. Our front door was a big, heavy, metal one. It had a very small window right at the top, and had a lock and a deadbolt again near the top. When we were home, we always kept the door locked and bolted. But several times a month, we would all hear, either together or separately, the bolt lift and slide, and the door open slowly. This was one of the most common occurrences. One day, whilst I was sitting at the kitchen table doing my homework, I heard that all-too-familiar noise. That of the bolt lifting. As I looked up, I watched it slide. I watched the lock unlock itself and then I saw the door open. I grabbed my homework and went up to my room to finish it there. Another time, my mum, my dad, my younger brother and myself were all in the rec room watching a movie after dinner. My older brother was at a friend's house for the night. My mum is extremely sceptical of anything paranormal, even though she knew of the goings-on in the house. This night, however, was one of the very few nights that even she was left speechless. As we were there watching the movie, we all heard the front door open. My dad, my brother and I had long since accepted that we weren't alone here and didn't even bother to acknowledge it. My mum, however, looked at my dad and said, Did you hear that? It sounded like the front door, but I bolted it before we came down. He replied by saying, Well, you can go and check if you want but I'm telling you now, no one will be there. She went upstairs and we heard the door shut and lock. She slowly came back down the stairs and said, in a slightly shocked way, there there was no one there. As my brothers and I got a little bit older, my parents agreed to take us out of childcare and let us stay home alone. On the proviso, we listened to my elder brother. We were to get off the school bus and go straight home, go inside and lock the door until one of my parents got home from work. One day, my brothers and I got home, opened the front door and went inside to find big, black shoe scuffs leading from the front door all the way through to the kitchen. Once they got to the kitchen table, they stopped. We all immediately started blaming each other but no one would confess. Being stubborn kids, we all refused to clean something up that wasn't our mess. When our parents got home, we were all scolded for running through the house with dirty shoes on. We all denied it, but they didn't believe us. My parents cleaned up the floor and we moved on with our night. The following week, the same thing happened. The three of us walked through the front door to find the scuffs once again. We all asked each other who'd done it, but seeing as we all left for school at the same time and got home at the same time, we realised it couldn't have been us, and our parents were at work all day. We wondered if whatever was always opening the locked front door was now perhaps opening it and walking through the house. Not wanting to get into trouble again for something we didn't do, the three of us set to work scrubbing the floor. This continued to happen until we left the house. Every day when we got home, we knew we might have to clean that floor. My younger brother is only 18 months younger than me, and my elder brother is six years older than me. As such, my younger brother and I were much closer with each other as kids than we were with our older brother. I can remember the two of us constantly sticking together because we were both so scared of whatever was happening in the house. We'd hear footsteps, hear people calling you when everyone else was outside. Toys or books would go missing. 
the TV would turn on to its loudest volume all by itself. One afternoon while my parents were at work, my brothers and I were at home. My younger brother and I were playing a board game on the top bunk bed in his room. All of a sudden, we heard stomping coming from the main floor, followed by loud bangs and crashes. It sounded like someone was trashing the house. I yelled out to my elder brother, What are you doing? Only to see him, out of the window, sitting in the backyard on his own. He heard the banging and screaming and came running into the house. He ran into the bedroom and asked what the hell was going on. After we told him, mainly through tears, we all crept down to the main floor only to find... Nothing. Everything was in order. No mess. Nothing broken. No explanation for these sounds. We all agreed it must be the ghost and decided to spend the rest of the day all together in the rec room watching movies. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step-by-step step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong-arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to-do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at when you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. <sighs> visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Sleep was something that never came easy. I would like to say it was only in the manor house. But sleep never became easy until I bought my own house. That feeling of being watched was especially strong at night. Not only that, but in the middle of the night, you could hear people walking up and down stairs while everyone else was in bed fast asleep. One particular night, I was laying in bed unable to fall asleep and I was suddenly hyper-aware that I wasn't alone. In the darkness... I heard something. It started as a shuffling noise and turned into full-blown footsteps. I heard them enter my room and walk past my bed. I had one of those blinds on my window that you had to pull down and when you wanted it to go back up, you had to pull it down at a slight angle and it would roll back up. The footsteps stopped near my window and I pulled my blanket up to my eyes. I was afraid of what would happen next. The blinds moved. It looked as if someone was standing behind them and punched the fabric. Only that wasn't possible. The only thing behind the blinds was the window 
The next thing I knew, the blinds were flying up. Someone had pulled them down and let them go so it flung up in a matter of seconds. I was petrified. I pulled the blankets right over my head and knew I wouldn't be getting any sleep that night. Whatever was haunting the house didn't discriminate against who it would make itself known to. It was a known thing that something odd was happening in our house and many of my friends refused to come over. Only a few would. After one day though, another of my friends would refuse to come back. We were ten years old at the time and the two of us were just hanging out, listening to music and chatting about the day at school. I had to use the washroom and told her I'd be right back. As I came out of the bathroom, she was running out of my room. I asked her what was wrong and as she ran out of the house, she told me as she sat on my bed waiting for me, the china doll on my dresser had slid from the left side all the way over to the right. She held true to her word and never came back. It wasn't just my friends who wouldn't come over. My older brother had the same problem with his friends. One evening, my younger brother and I were watching TV in the rec room, whilst my older brother and one of his friends were in his bedroom playing video games. In my older brother's room, he had a built-in wall unit. The top had a big area where the TV and the video game system was. Underneath that, there were three drawers. My elder brother came out of his room and headed down to the basement to grab a drink for him and his friend. But before he got back to his room, his friend screamed and ran out of the room. He said that as he was playing video games, the drawers underneath opened suddenly. If I'm being honest, this wall unit was very poorly built and the drawers were often jammed shut. They were very hard to open. There was no possible way that they could have slid open naturally. Needless to say, this friend never came back either. Shortly before my 12th birthday, my parents decided to move out of the urban area that we lived in and into a more rural area to enjoy the countryside. With the promise of bonfires, ATVs, snowmobiles for the winter and a swimming pool for the summer, my brothers and I were naturally very excited for the move. The thing we were most excited for, though, was leaving behind whatever had tormented us for so many years. Little did we know at the time, whatever was tormenting us was just as excited to come along as well. The country house was beautiful. My parents purchased it from the original owner, who happened to be a woodworker and built the house himself. Therefore, the layout was rather unique. I'll give a brief description of the house, as it will be important for one of the scarier experiences later on. When you walked into the front door, you would enter the living room. The kitchen, dining room and hallway, with three bedrooms and a bathroom, were all raised much higher than the living room by about eight or nine stairs. The kitchen and dining room were directly above the living room. The only thing stopping you from falling into the living room was a small railing. The house had cathedral ceilings and log walls. We all loved it right away. Nothing too odd happened straight away. There were random bumps and bangs. A few times I thought I heard footsteps on the stairs but I was in denial. After living how we did for so many years, I was hyper aware of every little noise and feeling. I chalked it up to a little paranoia and needing to get used to the new house. Unfortunately, my bliss was brief. One night I was in the basement watching TV and talking on the phone with a friend. The basement was finished and also had a kitchen. The kitchen counter had a raised lip around the front edge. It was about an inch tall, so nothing could ever fall off the counter. As I talked on the phone, I thought I heard a shuffling over by the counter. But again, I chalked it up to paranoia. All of a sudden, 
One of my younger brother's toy cars flew off the counter and all the way across the room. I gasped and my friend asked what was wrong. As I told him what had happened, he simply replied, Yeah, I wasn't planning on ever saying anything, but your house is haunted. I asked him to elaborate, but he refused. I still don't know what happened to him, but after that night, I knew the thing had moved with us. A few months later, I was sitting at the dining room table with my cousin. We were at the house alone and gossiping about the things the 13-year-old girls do. Who was dating who? Who had a crush on who? Things like that. The dining room had the door to the basement stairs right beside it. So the stairs were directly behind the dining room wall. I was in the middle of a sentence and... We heard someone running up the basement stairs. We panicked not knowing what to do. We huddled together for a minute and decided we needed to peek downstairs. Of course, there was nobody there. We went and stayed outside until my parents got home. As the time went on, the footsteps and the noises continued. That horrible feeling of being watched had long since returned. I'd been getting dressed every day either under my blankets or in my closet because, again, I was sure someone was watching. Doors would slam and things would go missing. One morning at 6am, I woke up suddenly, feeling as if someone was standing over me, watching me sleep. I scanned the room and didn't see anyone, and just as I calmed down and told myself to go back to sleep, my lamp turned itself on. Realising that sleep was now impossible, I got up for the day. I was completely unaware from this point on. Things were going to get a lot worse. Other than my first experience with someone chasing me, most of our experiences were terrifying, yes. But I guess you could say we never really felt threatened. We never really felt like whatever was messing with us could physically hurt us. If I had known what was to come, I would have wished for those regular occurrences to stay the same. But things started to progress from harassment to what we viewed as borderline assault. As previously mentioned, our living room was directly under our kitchen and dining room. As an important side note, the dining room and kitchen were separated by a wall. Above the railing in the dining room, my mum had a few plants hanging up, one of which was a massive spider plant. When I was in sixth grade, we had a ceramics class one day. I made a beautiful ceramic dove for my mum, that was attached to an 18-inch stick. I'd specifically made it for her to put into a plant, and I chose a stick so long so that it wouldn't ever fall out of the plant. One afternoon, whilst my younger brother and I were home alone, we decided to grab some snacks and watch a movie in the living room. I sat on the couch that was directly underneath the dining room, and therefore... I was directly underneath this spider plant and the ceramic dove within it. We'd been in this house for a few years at this point, and that plant, nor the dove, had ever moved. Out of nowhere I heard a smash and felt something rain down on me. I instinctively covered my head. After I felt safe to do so, I uncovered my head and looked up. I had little pieces of ceramic in my hair and it was all over the couch. The spider plant was swinging and the dove was gone. My brother and I hesitantly went up to the dining room and found the dove's stick on the floor, and we realised it was the dove that had been smashed. We tried to calm ourselves down by coming up with rational explanations, but in the end, we couldn't get past the fact that it had been there for years. How had it not fallen before? The stick was 18 inches long and the dove was glued to it with a strong glue. 
How had the stick been pulled out of that dirt and the dove detached from the stick? And why was the plant swinging? We cleaned up the mess and tried to ignore the feeling of terror and dread that we both, unspokenly, felt. Several months later, again my younger brother and I were home alone, watching movies in the living room and we both jumped out of our skin when all of a sudden we heard a tremendous smash once again coming from above our heads. Half expecting something else to rain down on us, we braced ourselves. But nothing happened. We looked at each other in disbelief. What the hell was that? My brother said. We stood up and peeked through the spindles of the railings. There, on the dining room floor, was our very large cutting board from the kitchen. This cutting board was always kept on the back right side of the counter and it was always tucked behind our parents' rotisserie oven. To get to that cutting board, you had to move the rotisserie. Not only that, but how did it end up in the dining room when there was a wall separating the two rooms? Realising how much this could have injured us had it flown down on us, we became very unnerved and started genuinely fearing for our safety. At this point, my brothers and I are getting older. My younger brother and I were both teenagers and our elder brother was now in his 20s and was still living with us. What with school, extracurricular activity and part-time jobs, our parents spent a great deal of time driving us in and out of town. They made two major decisions. Firstly, we needed to move back into town for the convenience and to cut back on driving time. Secondly, it was time for them to separate the separation was mutually agreed and they both bought a house back in town about five minutes from each other my younger brother and I decided to live with our mum whilst my elder brother moved in with our dad and for the first time we felt peace in our home no feelings of being watched no bumps, no bangs or footsteps Nothing going missing and no doors slamming. Nothing flying across the room. No feelings of fear. It was new. Strange, but so welcome. We lived with my mum for three years. Eventually, we decided we wanted more of a relationship with our dad, who we weren't seeing too often. So we packed our stuff and decided to live with him for a while. And as soon as we did things started up right away. That first night, I went up to my room to change into my pyjamas, and I hesitated. I couldn't take my shirt off. I knew someone was watching. After so many years, you just know. It's almost like a tingly, electric feeling. Something was in the house. Once again, all the weird stuff started happening. The bangs and slams, weird feelings and the fear. One time, I had the day off work while my dad and elder brother were at work and my younger brother was at school. I decided to clean the house from top to bottom, starting with the kitchen. I turned the water on and started filling the sink to wash the dishes. It was one of those taps with one single handle that you have to move from one side to adjust the temperature. I set it to a comfortable temperature, which left the handle just about in the middle, and went into the living room to see if there were any dishes that needed washing. When I got back to the sink, I stuck my hands in the water to begin, and I let out a scream. The water was scorching hot. It burnt my hands and left bright red marks up to my wrists. I jumped back and looked at the handle. It had been turned all the way to the left, on all hot. I put it on all cold and ran my hands under the water to stop the pain. I decided to put on my headphones, put my head down and pretend nothing was happening. I was tired of being afraid and thought maybe if I ignore it, well maybe it'll stop. Sadly, that wasn't the case. 
Interestingly, in the Carlton house, most of the activity took place in the basement and on the top floor. Things would happen from time to time on the main floor, but it was usually where I felt the safest. Let's start upstairs on the top floor. The shower curtain moved constantly, almost every night. You'd lay in bed and you'd listen to it sliding back and forth, whether you were in the house alone or not. It got to a point where I'd wake up in the morning exhausted and my dad would simply say, Shower curtain keep you awake too. One night I woke up to use the washroom and my dad called out, Before you go in there, you should know the shower curtain's been moving for an hour. I held it in for the rest of the night. The bedroom doors would open and slam themselves shut constantly as well. My brothers and I went away for a week with our mum, so my dad was home alone. When we got back, I didn't have a bedroom door. I asked where the hell it went, and my dad said, Well, Saturday night I was laying asleep in bed, and the sound of a door closing woke me up. Then our dog started growling at the doorway. You know how I can see your bedroom door from my bed? Well, I laid there and just watched it open. Just a bit, but just enough to not be latched closed. Then it closed. Then it opened and then it closed again. I yelled out for whatever it was to stop what it was doing and knock it off that I was trying to sleep, but it didn't stop. After about an hour and a half of it opening and closing and the dog growling, well, I just jumped out of bed, grabbed your door and ripped it off the hinges. I threw it down the basement stairs and yelled, There! Let's see you do it now! But when I went back to bed, the shower curtain started sliding again. I was so scared, but he kept going. He said the next morning he'd went downstairs to use the washroom on the main floor and when he opened the door, all of the toilet paper was stacked up in a line. He was startled, but he put it all away. After he had breakfast, he said to our dog, Well, I think I'll go and have a shower. As soon as he stepped on the first stair, the upstairs bathroom door slammed shut. He told us he'd been counting down the time until we got home. I can't blame him, especially after what happened to me next. My whole family is really into hunting and fishing, except for me, that is. Every year, my whole family gets together at my cousin's house for a week of hunting. She lives about three hours north of this house. I stayed at that house by myself because I have no interest in hunting and also because I had work to do. I got home from work at one in the morning, and feeling wide awake, I decided to stay up for a bit. I had Cooper, our dog, sleeping at my feet, as well as our other dog, Max. At the same time, they both lifted their heads and started growling. Then, I heard the front door handle jiggle. And then... I heard something that sounded like hands scraping down the front window. Then the door handle again. The weird thing was, I thought I could hear footsteps. But it sounded like they were in the house. So, panicking, I called the police to be safe. They looked around but couldn't find anything or anyone. They drove by a few times that night but never saw anything. Now, I don't know if this was paranormal, but it was definitely a bit weird. A few nights later, I was sleeping in bed, still at home by myself. Both the dogs were on the bed with me. They woke me up when they jumped up and started growling in the direction of my door. They were snarling and growling and the hair on their backs was standing up. I was frozen with fear. I began to hear footsteps and they were coming from down the hall straight towards my room. It sounded like it stopped right outside my doorway. With the dog still going nuts, I turned on my lamp and yelled, Go away! 
It took the dogs a while, but eventually they settled down, and we finally, somehow, got back to sleep. Let's move on to the basement. The basement was unfinished, which, in my opinion, gave it an even spookier feeling. It was dark and damp. Every time you went down there, it was just terrifying. And not just because it felt like someone was down there who hated your very existence, but because there was no light switch at the top of the stairs. You had to walk all the way down there and into the middle of the room, reach up and pull a chain to turn on the one and only light. I avoided going down there at all costs, but since the washing machine and dryer were down there, I inevitably ended up having to go down a few times a week. So much had been going on that I was having a lot of trouble sleeping. I was terrified of the dark, waiting for the next thing to happen. I reached a point where I was staying up as late as I could, so I could have the TV and lights on, just to not be so afraid. One night after dinner, I decided I should wash my sheets. Only having the one set, I would have to take them down, put them in the machine, and go down once more to put them in the dryer, and a third and final time to bring them back up. Everyone else was upstairs in bed. I was on the main floor waiting to hear the ding from the dryer. It was about 2am when I heard the dryer. I turned off the TV and said to the dogs, I'm going to get the sheets and we'll all go to bed. I hadn't even stood up yet when I heard the chain from the light being pulled. The light was directly below the middle of the living room floor, so when it was pulled, you could hear it as clear as day. Not only could you hear it, you could feel it through the floor. It was pulled again, and again, and again. It picked up speed and was being pulled about once a second, on, off, on, off. I peeked around the corner and could see the light going on and off while I was hearing and feeling the chain being pulled. I said to the dogs, I guess we're sleeping with no sheets tonight, and we headed upstairs without turning off any other lights. Eventually, the activity reached a crescendo of sorts. My younger brother used to have friends sleep over all the time. One night, one of his friends stayed the night and slept in the basement whilst my brother slept upstairs in his room. In the middle of the night, we heard his friend hauling ass upstairs, yelling at my brother, What are you doing? Why the fuck would you do that? My brother, groggy from sleep, sat up and asked what he was talking about. His friend yelled, Are you going to deny that you were standing over me and then started smacking the shit out of my face? His friend did indeed have a very large red mark across one side of his face, as if someone had slapped him hard. A short while later, he had a different friend sleep over. The next morning, his friend, obviously upset about something, asked my brother why he would do what he did. My brother looked at him cluelessly. His friend then explained, Last night, whilst I was sleeping, I woke up and saw someone standing over me. I thought it was you, and I asked you what you were doing. And then you sat on my chest, and I couldn't get you off. My brother had no idea what he was talking about. I asked him later in private if he'd been messing about with his friends, and to this day... He's adamant that he didn't, and swears he wouldn't do anything like that. Unfortunately, I had a bit of a falling out with my dad. You see, he's an alcoholic, and I couldn't handle being around that kind of chaos anymore. After I found out I was pregnant with my boyfriend of four years, I decided to leave so we could create a happy and stable environment to raise our baby. As soon as I moved out, all the paranormal things stopped and have never started up again. I am convinced, as I said previously, that whatever was following us from house to house is actually attached to my dad. 
I haven't spoken to him in several years, and I always wonder if he still experiences whatever this entity is. Wow. Thank you so much, Sarah, for providing this season premiere with one hell of a true paranormal experience. I genuinely do believe that people can be haunted as well as premises. I also take note that at the end of the tale, you mention your father is sadly an alcoholic. And there is one train of thought that evil entities will seem to attach themselves to people who are suffering with some sort of addiction. The reason being that the malevolent entity knows full well any activity it creates may well be explained away by everyone else as just another act of the person who's suffering with the illness. I've seen firsthand the damage that alcoholism can do to a family and to a person, so I do sincerely hope your father recovers from his illness. That aside, how you and your siblings managed to maintain a healthy mental state of mind throughout that trauma throughout that level of menacing paranormal activity, speaks volumes to your character. So, not only thank you for the story, but well done to all of you for surviving it. And this brings us to an end of the premiere episode of Season 9. As ever, thank you so much for choosing to spend your time with me here on The Dark Paranormal. For our Patreons, I'll speak to you again on Sunday for another episode of Dark Bites, and for everyone. I'll see you here next week for episode two. And believe me, you won't want to miss it. Until then, remember, when you're discussing the paranormal, always try and leave some of your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next time here on The Dark Paranormal. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.